What's up, everybody? Um, just starting out the podcast, struggling with the fucking uh, headphones. It's been crackling like a motherfucker. I need to get a new input plugin. It sucks. Fucking Guitar Center, man. Uh, just shop at Amazon. I fucking hate Amazon, but um, yeah, whatever. <laughs> uh, fuck Guitar Center now. Now, you know, I know people hate on Guitar Center a lot, but I really, I don't know. They're all right. If if you need something quick, they're they're like nine. You have an eighty-five, ninety percent chance of getting it there. Um, it is like probably double the price than what you can get on Amazon. So that's like that's the one thing I always have to bitch about, and it's always less quality. But um, yeah, whatever. It's Guitar Center, man. Uh, if you're not buying guitar, go fuck yourself. I guess. Um, today on the episode, we have David Lopez. Uh, we cheated a little bit um, going away from Iowa. I felt bad. Um, there's this guy I had on the corner. He's actually the first guy. I wanted to make that correction. He's actually technically the first person uh, I've had in the podcast. But he was he was in another country. I feel like a dick. I can't even remember what country he was from. Um, it, was in, it was in the U.K., um, but so what I'm going to say is like, he, he's the first one that, um, is in the U S that's outside of Iowa. That's how we're going to label it. So, but this guy's really cool. Um, he, I learned a lot about him. He's actually opened up for T-Pain and Childish Gambino, which I thought was really cool. Um, I don't know if I could ever do that. Jesus Christ. <sighs> Fuck you, kid. Ugh. Fuck you, Guitar Center. Um, so, yeah, I guess without further ado, I'll shut the fuck up and y'all can watch the episode. Watch slash listen to the episode. I guess if you're listening to this on... Well, no, because I'm... Jesus fucking Christ. Marijuana. All right. Everybody, David Lopez. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show today, the McAllister Hours. I'm your host, as always, Cole McAllister. We are joined today by um, we're stepping outside the grid a little bit, um, outside the state. We're going to Milwaukee with David Lopez. Yo, what's up, everybody? How we doing? How are you doing today, man? I'm really good, man. <laughs> I'm really good, man. Thank you for uh, having me, and thanks for asking. You know, uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm pretty good. Yeah, like you said, Milwaukee. Chicago, born and raised, but I live in Milwaukee now. Okay, so what was the? Because I know you've done quite a few things in Chicago. Do you still? Are you still there doing stuff quite a bit, or what? Have you yeah, yeah, yeah. What's yeah. your? Yeah, no, I'm there all the time. I mean, uh, like I just we just moved. My wife and I just moved like a year ago. We lived in Chicago for the past like five years. I've been like back and forth. She's from here. I'm from there. And I'm really only an hour okay. away. So like, yeah, like we just shot a music video there a couple of weeks ago. It's I'm probably there once a week, maybe okay okay that's uh damn so what what do you do in the travels do you listen to podcasts you music like just chilling <laughs> uh i am that's a good i like that you asked uh i i definitely listen to more podcasts. i mean i work on music like a lot like most of my days i'm like mm-hmm. working on music and i still listen to music a lot but i definitely listen to podcasts more when i'm like trying to just like relax so mm-hmm. I, I i listen to a lot of podcasts 
Yeah. Um, you know, that's the aspect I like about podcasts. Um, I got divorced about, uh, but yeah, a year ago. And uh, I found that like, I was at a point where I couldn't really listen to music. Like there are points where it was like almost unbearable to listen to music. And there's something about podcasts where like, you're able to like shut your brain off. You know what I mean? I do kind of know. Like disconnect. So yeah, Yeah, podcasts, you know, it's good to have both, both worlds. (laughs) No, for sure. For sure. Well, there's, I mean, yeah, I, I, I'm wondering why, why do you say that about music during that tough time? Cause I mean, I, I find that music can sometimes be helpful during a tough time, which by the way, sorry that you had to go through that, but, uh, um, is it because it was too hard to deal with music at the time or what is, what, like, what was the reason? Well, I think, I think there was probably the emotional aspect in it. I think I also was just, um, depressed and disconnected and didn't really, like it, I, I got to a point where I just had like the same 50, 100 songs on loop. And, you know, you just go, you, you're not, I was with my parents at the time. So, you know, I was just getting done with that. And I just didn't really have a lot going on when you just go through that loop and loop and loop all the time. It gets your yeah. uh, take. So I found like, you know, I found Joe Rogan. I found H3 like really early in those days. It, it was to me just like an endless amount of content. Like I could never get bored. Like I could always go back and listen to an episode of the podcast and spend a good one to three hours or whatever being entertained. I, I actually really can can relate to that uh because like yeah like like you said there's endless amount of content so like yeah like when I started listening to like Rogan like you said since you said that I'll, I'll go into that is like I had never even thought about a lot of those things that they talked about whether or not I, you agree I, or on either way it didn't really matter it's just like I had never even thought about a lot of those things and so to like yeah, I kind of agree. It just like there was definitely a period of time when I first started listening to podcasts where it was like all I was doing and I was like geeking out on things that I would never think I would talk about. And then like, now I can like, you know, just see like, Oh, it's just a cool way to really like, it's a, like you said, it's a great way to just like expand your knowledge. Like there's so much, there's so much shit mm-hmm. out there. Yeah. And you know, I, not to get into that too much this early in the episode, but there is something to be said about, you know, how media is these days and how quick cut it is. Um, yeah. I think long form podcast offers a way for people to have full conversations um, without, you know, feeling edited or anything like that. It's really a way for you to take, you know, those two people having conversations way, taking that whole experience. Well, there's a reason podcasts are resonating so much right now. I really think mm-hmm. it's because people are sick of exactly what you just said. It's like, I mean, at the same time, there's a place in time for like, Hey, tell me exactly what the news is in two minutes. I got to go to work. You know what I mean? Like I, I feel that, yeah. but like That's people true. also just want to hear people talk about it like regularly. Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. I think I heard something that like uh, in in 2008, 2012, the average Obama voter uh, listened to four minutes of uh, politics <laughs> or no, they thought about it for four minutes uh, yeah. uh, every week. <laughs> hey, man, you yeah, know, I, I want to go back fine. to a time. I want to go back to a time where that was so, so second. I mean, you got to remember, like, true, true. like exactly. I'll just not talk about like this before. Like it was just wasn't talked mm-hmm. about this much. Like, yep. So, I mean. I don't, I don't, I kind of miss that a little bit. I mean, it's cool being in the know. I'm not saying you shouldn't be in the know, but like, it is kind of nice to have it in the background. Like as long as you can trust the people that are doing it. Like, No, I agree. Um, I, I wish that there was a separation from politics and everything else. It all kind of seems integrated. For sure. Yeah. No, I feel you, man. I feel it's, it's, it's a crazy situation. <laughs> <laughs> crazy times, man. Um, well, I guess before we get too much further in, how, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, your background? Um, you're both a hip hop artist and uh, podcasters. We've alluded to. Um, what's some of your background? What are your origins? Yeah, uh, no, for sure. Thanks for asking. Um, I yeah, I'm a musician first. Definitely, that drives everything. That's what uh, got this whole uh, thing going. Um, but it's kind of a mix. Yeah, like uh, 
I went to college. So I started making music like when I was finishing uh like my senior, well, it was like my junior, senior year of college. I had played basketball my whole life, played basketball in college. So that was winding up. So now if I can look back, I can really see it was like a crossroads period of my life. That's what ended up happening. I took acting classes and started making music. And next thing you know, I was, I was a, you know, a bartender and just auditioning and writing raps. Like that was just my life. And uh, that's pretty much been my life for like the past eight, 10 years. But actually what I should mention is the podcasting thing came in like three or four years ago where I started doing this when really the podcasting pe- world was kind of blossoming. I was kind of like, I should hop on this train because it's like an easy way to talk to fans. But also I never, I went to school for sports journalism. So like I did radio shows mm. in college. And like I did, uh, I was like an anchor on the news thing. I never even put it together till later. I'm like, duh, like, why didn't I just do this? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. It's, it's really interesting how things in life, like uh, things in your past all kind of just kind of, uh, you know, come together and they yeah. form who you are today. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, so I wanted to, I would, this sounds like kind of an amateurish question, but like, have you ever been to Iowa? Have you been to Des Moines where, you know, we are? Yeah. So, uh, uh, no, that's okay. I, it's a fair question. I mean, so yeah, uh, growing up, uh, well not growing up, but in college, my, like one of my close friends went to the university of Iowa. So that's Iowa city. Okay. But we used yep. to visit him like regularly. Cause I went to a smaller school. So like visiting Iowa city was like my, my big 10, my big school visit. And so we did that pretty regularly. Um, and then like, uh, I'm trying to think like, I've been to like, yeah, Rock, you know, Rock Island, which is Illinois, but like Quad Cities area, I've been over there. I've been to, uh, um, I'm trying to think with Des Moines, I did a show in Des Moines like a year, like that's the last show I did, I think before the pandemic, honestly. Oh, really? <laughs> Wait, is, the, is vaudeville, mo- is that Des Moines? Yep. Yeah, yep. that's yep. where I- uh, They actually closed down sadly. Oh, really? Well. Yeah, that's the last show I actually did. That's the last live performance I did was so that's my only experience oh, wow. there. I think. Maybe I might have been there for basketball, but like didn't explore the city. Hmm. So I mean, obviously Des Moines is a lot smaller. I guess how would you compare the two? You I know, mean, like, that's a vast question, but <laughs> yeah, just the smaller city. I've been to a lot of small cities, and I'm like, I, I it just that's exactly like what you said. It's, sl- it's a lot slower pace from what I can gather. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, probably not exactly up to speed. I like, I mean, since you brought up politics, I mean, that's, that's usually a direct, uh, correlation between big cities and small cities is like, whether or not, uh, not necessarily liberal versus conservative, but like, just like things that are in the mix and talked about, you know, just like, so like, yeah, I mean, just like all those things kind of go hand in hand with smaller cities compared to big cities, but I don't, I'm used to that. So like, yeah, <laughs> I'm used to the mix and I kind of like the mix. I mean, I think that's, it's healthy to have both. No, uh, I agree. And you know, that's kind of the, that's kind of the thing about um, Des Moines that I've always appreciated is that there seems to be like a really good mix versus, you know, some of these cities that seem to have, uh, you know, bias either way, crazy bias. Um, but like, I don't know, is it because Chicago's never really struck me as a city that's really extreme. It, it seems pretty diverse and pretty cultural when oh, you say super, super cultural. Um, but I mean, but yeah, super culture. Well, I don't know. You mean extreme, like, uh, like views or stuff or like, what do you mean? Like, yeah, well, I mean, there's extreme view, um, you know, people in, I think any city, but like, is there like an extreme left bias or like extreme, you know, I don't really like there are cities. I think that kind of lead to that. Um, depending on your demographic, but Chicago, from my understanding, doesn't really seem to. Well, it's kind of cool because because it's a it's a huge city in the Midwest, so like you still get that yeah. Midwest feel. So I think you're right. You're mm-hmm. right in the sense that like I mean, look, no matter what, it's gonna go left in every vote. Like it just is how it is. That's just how big cities are, and and it's and it's like a dominant left. So so to your to your first point, I mean, it is kind of a dominant left vote, no matter what. But there really is a down to earth 
sense mm. of like sense of like it's not you know like there's still a sense of like we got to wake up and go to work every day like type shit yeah like, yeah, yeah. so it's a mix it's a mix you're right yeah no i mean i think i think des moines votes you know the city um you know polk like i think that votes blue almost every time oh yeah, so, yeah, yeah. uh it, des moines kind of like one of the you know liberal like you know the one of the blue epicenters and like this huge red and i yeah. grew up in uh, northwest iowa so having both those kind of world is interesting um so what about like your your music and you know because obviously you're a rapper um like what what's been some of your you know music experience working in chicago working with other people in chicago that kind of stuff yeah yeah i mean it's been a great uh long i mean long adventure but really it feels like it's just i mean it just keeps going I, that's why i love making music there's no uh there's no like end point to that like you just keep keep on keep on chugging along and i um so yeah i've uh i started making music when i was in college which was like in milwaukee area so this kind of okay. went back and forth so i started up here um really Really, I started like in a bedroom record, like a lot of people started in a bedroom in college recording with my friend. And like, so my first shit was like really amateur production wise, like really amateur, like engineering wise, like all that stuff. But like, I really like immediately had a strive to like write. I could just tell, like I, I wrote one poem and the next thing you know, I wrote like a whole mixtape and like this shit wasn't good, but like, I just kept writing. Um, and at the, like I said before, like at the same time, I was also acting and I think they kind of just both opened me up to a world that I wasn't really, uh, used <laughs> to as just an athlete my whole life. And, uh, so, so the first couple of years were really just me doing that. What, what, uh, my next step was, was like, all right, I want to go to a studio and record at a studio and learn to record at a studio and shit. So I started doing that, um, in Chicago at, at fast life studios, which is no longer there, but it was a different name now, I think, but, uh. Shout out to Pomone and uh, um, and Amir, Amir Trip. Those guys. So I used to record with those guys. So, but I used to, I, I just like, like two straight years, just tried to learn how to record like better, you know, like just improve on all that. I was still writing and putting out music like the whole time. Like the, that's the one thing that's been consistent about this. I've been doing a bunch of crazy shit and weird projects, but I've always been making music and putting music out. That's the consistent factor about this. Um, but anyways, I took those two years and really just learned. I ended up like, spending more money than I should have on like music videos in, in Los Angeles and like learning to record it and like oh, wow. going to studio. Yeah. Like my first album, Preacher's Son, Lonely Days, Champ and For You. I shot music videos for all three of those. All three of them we shot in Los Angeles all and I recorded at the studios out there. Like I spent like way more bread than I should have been spending as like a first, like a third year artist yeah. or whatever I was doing. Damn. Um, Damn. But all, all experiences. And like, by the way, like money that I didn't have. I'm talking about like, like, uh, uh, you know, like uh, student loans for, for, I was using credit cards as student loans for rap, like for real. Like, um, and I'm okay with it. I mean, bet on yourself, you know what I'm saying? Like, uh, but yeah, so I went through all that and now, now basically full circle to short, like long story short, like I feel like I'm not the best engineer, but now I just like pretty much in-house everything. Like I, I you work with other producers, but I produce a lot of my own shit now. Um, I just, record at home and just try to put out as much music as I can, you know, at least lately. And uh, yeah, it's just, it's been like a full learning process, but um, yeah, I don't, I, I don't know. I, I've worked yeah, with a handful yeah. of people to go into your question. Cause I didn't really answer that. You said, what about like work collaborating with people? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I haven't honestly collaborated with a ton of people. It's funny that I say that because I actually have a song where I'm featuring on that comes out today. Um, but I haven't collaborated with a ton of people. Amir trip is somebody that I mentioned. He's, he's like, 
my go-to when I come to Chicago stuff, when I talk about who influenced me and like helped me. Uh, him, Julian Xavier is an artist that I've worked with. Um, Brad Varsity too. Like I hosted a showcase um, in Chicago for two years where we uh, had comedians and musicians. And uh, so that was like my, my way to make myself like reach out to people and like start working with other people. Um, and so those guys, a lot of those guys reached out. A lot of the guys who've been on the podcast, honestly, are guys that like, I have like kind of worked mm. with. Okay. Okay. So you mentioned acting, like I, I kind of a tangent, but or segue or. Well, I did go on divergent. a tangent. I did go on a tangent. <laughs> I did. Sorry. What'd you say? That I did go on a tangent, but. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, so what, like, what was your acting experience? Like, did you, were you like, what were you in? Like, how'd you learn to do that? Did you go to school? Yeah, um, I took a acting class in college, uh, like my senior year when I had like some electives and okay. my teacher, my teacher liked me. I mean, I kind of liked the experience. Um, anyway, she like had mentioned the idea of maybe me being able to get an agent. And so like, right, I got an agent right away. Um, and I had, so I've been in like, you know, some little TV appearances. There's a commercial that airs in Wisconsin that like, sometimes I'm in, like, it's like a really short spot. Um, little things mm -hmm. like that, but nothing, uh, Nothing really big. And in all honesty, I, I'm not really uh, heavily pursuing that now. Not that there's that much work out there anyways, but I kind of, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I kind of just like dove into the music pretty much full mm -hmm. fledged, but I would get, I would get back in acting if it came up. That, that's really cool though. You know, uh, I, I think any, any artist, any intelligent, you know, broad minded person, any artist is someone that's willing to try various different things. So it's, I think the people that really make it big, you, you discover these little things that they did, like little, really odd, you know, uh, things like that. So that's really cool, man. Uh, yeah, I, I was listening to some of your music, uh, today. Oh, thanks. Uh, really good stuff, man. Uh, I was impressed. You have, you have five albums that yeah. if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. 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 Um, so did you do, you said you did a lot of that in LA and like how much of that in LA, how much of that in house? Like, do yeah. you work with other producers? Do you make your own beats? What? Yeah. So uh, a, a strong mix of both the, the producing from me is coming a lot more recently where I'm doing more, but like mostly in the back. Uh, um, so the LA part was preacher's son. My first album was originally going to be an EP. It was going to be like a six song EP. And I recorded that okay. whole thing in LA. Um, and then over time, cause we just like, I don't know. I just like back then it was a different world. Like you took more time on releasing a single. I didn't know what the fuck I was doing anyways. So I, long story short, I ended up making a full album because I just had more songs. So it was like half and half in LA and, uh, and there. Um, and that was, so yeah, uh, Clayton William is a producer out in LA. He's worked with like big artists, like too short, like, uh, oh, um, wow. uh I'm trying to think of who else he, he's worked with a lot of big artists. Uh, I don't, I don't know. I'm leaving out E40. I know I'm leaving out people, but, uh, um i so i did a couple songs with him for you uh fuck with this is uh that's a jam um and then uh I'm trying to think here uh drum lord is probably the most featured artist that i've ever used he's from he's from orlando um and he's a super talented dude producer and artist himself he's featured on a lot of my stuff and then the rest is, was a lot of uh production from uh some online producers you know especially back in the day like you know that's how yeah. it was going. like i was finding beats online so some of that uh, some of that was um, uh, E-Word is a producer out of Chicago who I used to use. Like a lot of like just local people that I just knew and we just like made shit. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm trying to think. It's definitely like a, a collection of, uh, I mean, I'll put it this way. I spent a lot of money back in the day on beats, whereas yeah. now I'm I'm more so just creating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, 
that's uh that's interesting so do you have like uh do you have i guess do you have like a like do you have anything you miss about you know buying the beat like is there i guess is it what's is there anything better or worse about that um well i like collaborating with i mean i still do like collaborating with people so i'm not trying to say like i don't want to work with producers because i really do yeah like, yeah people send me shit and like I, I do but um yeah for me as i'm like getting older and just discovering things more like i i really care much more about intention when it comes to creating like i want to know that you care about creating the best art together and 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 that kind of stuff and it's really hard to get that with those online producers where you're just buying a beat from or you're leasing a beat from somebody they have no really care or investment in it like you know what i mean like if you're not doing a writing split on a record like you're not even invested in it because you don't even care you just sent me a beat that you probably aren't ever even going to listen to the final song it's really hard to get uh the the right intention out of the record and maybe that's just a point that i've gotten to in my career whereas before I just be like, just like, let me rap on it, which I'll still do once in a while, you know. Um, but yeah, I just want to make really good music, you know, and, and that, that matters. So it's, so it's harder to get that. Yeah. So kind of slowing down more and, you know, taking a step back. Yeah. Yeah. Saying. Yeah. And I mean, yeah. And I think, I mean, me getting better at stuff probably helps too. Me just like learning how to do things better, <laughs> yeah. having more time. I mean, having all this time over the pandemic really helped me in, in that sense. But mm. um, yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. It's taking, taking more time and just like being more uh, intentional with what I'm doing rather than just like buying some random beats and not really knowing what I'm going to do with them. Yeah. I guess, I guess that was more my point. Like, cause I think there's something that evolves about artists, like, you know, and I think in the early days it's a lot of like, Oh, I'm going to spend however much on this beat so I can get the license and put this out versus like, finding other artists or you know doing things yourself on the beat like yeah there's an evolution there and um the show it shows in your music uh so how many so i guess how many sorry i'm so since college so how many years would you say you've been doing this then uh so i graduated college 2012 so um yeah i mean that was like so those first years 2012 to 2015 i had i released like four or five mixtapes that are not you could probably still find them if you really dug but uh, um, th those are like not really great. And then 2015 is when Preacher's Son came out. So that's like when my discography kind of begins. Um, yeah. So I, so I mean, nine years, I guess, something like that. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah, that's a, <clears throat> it's a, it's an impressive uh, uh, career of a, you know, of a guy doing art, doing rap art and all that. Yeah. Um, have you like, have you have any performance experience? performance experiences like uh in the city in milwaukee other places yeah. la maybe yeah to go back into kind of what we were talking about earlier with the like spending money and shit like um early on uh so like when those first couple music videos were coming out i mean those did help a lot in like getting me approved for a lot of things just having like a good aesthetics and good visuals so like i uh my biggest i'll just briefly say is like i opened up for t-pain in chicago at double door which was oh, like wow. it wasn't shit. like I don't want people to think like, oh, T-Pain's people hit me up or nothing like that. But like, it's it was like one of those where you submit and they have to approve you and then like you have to get tickets and mm. sell tickets and shit. But like, yeah, it was still a crazy experience. Like it was literally, I opened up for T-Pain. I'll never forget it. So like that, wow. um, I did the same for Childish Gambino up here in Milwaukee, but I was on the side stage. Uh, so it was like, those, those two are the biggest ones, but a lot of those like side stage ones. And then like, so those are the biggest experiences, which were really cool to go through. Like I said, there was money involved, but I, I mean, like for anybody who was smart enough would know that you would sell those tickets right away. Like I didn't lose money on those shows. So like, 
Um, yeah, yeah. It's but true. it is essentially that pay to play concept. So it's a weird, it's a weird thing. Those aren't really around anymore as much as far as I know. But when I was like coming up, that was a thing. It was like, you could, you got to get approved to open up for somebody and then you pay for X amount of tickets and then you have to sell the tickets too, but there's room for profit huh. and all that. Um, so that's how I got those. So I don't, uh, those were crazy. And then, um, and then like, I just did a bunch of small shows like in, in Chicago, Milwaukee, like small bar type shows. Like, uh, yeah, like, like that, that was pretty much most of my career. Damn. So those two experiences with T-Pain, Charles Gambino, would you say that you had like your career, your career, like had a boost after that or, or was um, it the same or what, what do you think? I definitely, I got some like followers and some fans. I also like, wasn't the, the funny thing about a lot of those. And I've, I've heard a lot of other artists say the similar stuff is like you, you, you almost wish those would have happened at a different point in your career. Cause like, I'd be more ready for that. Uh, I'd be more prepared to handle that. I think mm-hmm. in a better way, not that I didn't handle them well. Like I think that they went fine. Um, but like, I wasn't ready for all of that, for all that anyways, I don't think. Um, but like, no, there was a little boost. There was definitely uh, some, uh, some like social media, like likes and stuff like that. And followers, like it went up a little bit for both those shows, but primarily I think it was just me being comfortable with a big crowd. Damn. Uh, <laughs> I think that's, uh, I think that's not something, uh, everybody can, everybody can deal with. Uh, there's a reason I do podcasts and I don't really rap so much anymore is like, uh, yeah, the thought of performing in front of that many people is insane. So, um, <laughs> that's a hell of an experience, man. Uh, yeah, I don't yeah. think very many people can, you know, in percentage wise, I don't think very many people can say they don't something like that. Yeah, well, I hope uh, hope we can do it again with uh, with our crowd. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, have has has there been like any? Have you done like any outdoor performances or anything since COVID or anything like that? Oh, I actually haven't. Um, I kind of like like I know I was I was open to the idea in the beginning, and then like since everything, I was kind of like I'm just gonna wait. Like I'm just gonna make as much music as I can, try to get this uh yeah buzz going a little bit, and then hopefully when everything comes back, we just can like really hit it, right? Hit the ground running. You know? Okay. Yeah, I really, I really hope that like a market for outdoor events um, comes back, you know, Um, because, you know, from what they said, the, you know, that's, it's, it's a pretty safe deal, you know, you know, so I would do it it. and I want to do like festivals. I love festival performances and stuff. Those are awesome. Mm -hmm. And I think you're right. I mean, you know, if you take all the precautions, it seems like that might be the safest bet yeah um because i i think i guess i'm just curious like has chicago at all like in general had any like how like how i guess how is like the you know the bar and the music scene has it opened up at all you know uh not i mean i think a little or, bit i guess I, in milwaukee yeah um well i mean it's probably easier for me to answer honestly in chicago because i go back there and see and i had no more artist friends there and like i haven't seen that much um i have seen from my comedian friends uh comedians that i know that like they have been figuring out ways to do like small shows, um, whether it be outside or at somebody's place or something like that. They've kind of figured that out. I haven't seen a ton of concerts though, honestly. Um, yeah, it's been, I think it's been sparse here. I think people in Des Moines have probably taken <laughs> more risks than a lot of the uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Other places, but um, you know, it, it's, I think there's been mixed results. Uh, yeah. It, it's kind of interesting. Um, so I guess kind of on that tangent with Des Moines, um, like looking looking from like where you're at and you know your career and like you know uh, where you've been, what you've done, 
do you think that Des Moines has any potential in terms of like artistry or like, you know, having any kind of, uh, you know, potential? Um, I don't know. What's, what's your opinion on that? Yeah. I mean, that's hard for me to say. I don't know. Uh, um, I don't know enough of, uh, I, I'm, I think any city does, man. I think there's a ton of talent in, and I think we're really seeing that with like, uh, not that I'm like a huge TikTok person, but I am just going to say like, you are seeing that there's a lot of young people that are now like getting yeah. your platform. Like, and I just think that's everywhere. That's like, so I don't even think it's limited to, you know, just in these big cities. I think there's mm. super talented people all across the world really. And, um, I know Des Moines got some of that. Um, so I, yeah, I, I know that there's, there's, there's probably, and like you know i heard somebody else talking recently like this kind of period this kind of tough tough year and tough stretch that we've been going through like really really bodes well for like a artistic kind of renaissance so i just think mm. in general you're gonna see good art coming from everywhere yeah um i i like what you're saying about the kind of you know playing into like the advent of like social media and like being able to promote your music through other avenues than just like your city i think that has a lot of promise for um for yeah, yeah individuals and all that yeah it's part of the reason i was comfortable with moving from chicago in a certain regard is that i didn't feel that it was ex exactly that necessary for me to be physically there at all times to be successful musically like i i don't i don't know if those directly tie into each other anymore which is kind of that's kind of a uh, positive yeah yeah that's definitely true um so let's transition more into i guess into your podcast and we talked about it a little bit but um i'm curious so you so you i I guess I'm trying to understand this is, is this your company or someone you work for the passion park entertainment? I'm glad you asked. Cause a lot of people are trying to, uh, a lot of people, I like that. I leave it kind of vague. Uh, no, passion, <laughs> yeah. passion park entertainment is my production company. So it's, okay. it's the company that I started like basically when I was releasing preacher son, which was my first album. Um, I was very, for some reason, particular about trying to get the paperwork right and try to figure everything out. And when you're an independent artist, you don't need to like make a publisher or LLC or anything like that, but I wanted to, right. So yeah. right away off the bat, so I made a, a company that was, I guess, technically my publisher um, right away in 2015. So then I've just had it since. Um, and it's essentially, now that I can kind of understand more like what I've done with it, it's essentially my production company. That's, that's what it is. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, so do you, do you like outreach and work with other people or is it just kind of your stuff or? Uh, I mean, primarily my stuff, but like, I have a lot of people that like help. Like when we used to do the live showcase, um, I had, you know, shout out to my boy, RPM, Kevin and Michael Rice. Like they used to all help us out in running that. Um, yeah. My friend is like a DJ who always works with us. Um, my like, so nobody, like nobody on staff, you know what I mean? But like, yeah, we have, <laughs> we have like a team that I would consider like people that are uh, closely work with us. On yeah. Everything. Yeah. Yeah, uh, affiliates, if you're going to have the proper yeah. term, maybe. <laughs> I actually was just about to edit the website. I kind of wanted to add a team section. I was going to talk to all the guys and see if they were cool with it. So that's funny <laughs> that you asked, yeah. Yeah, well, um, I'm, I think that's really cool, man. It, that gives, especially having an LLC, I think that gives you uh, extra status and, you know, people being able to, you know, take you seriously. Um, it, uh, so what, so you have the David Lopez show and you have the uh, Passion Park so you have two different podcast shows or how many different ones yeah, do you, are you? Yeah. The, so the Passion Park Experience was the name of the live show that I did before the live uh, showcase that we did. So what I did was I just brought it back for 10 episodes. It's going to wrap up next week. It's just like a one season. Well, I might do another season, but season one. That show, though, the only reason I did that show is because um, uh, I don't know if you saw or how you what, how you distribute your podcast, but I use Anchor and like they had just released the feature where you could um, uh, use songs from Spotify in your episode. But then oh, the, episodes, the episodes would only be available on Spotify, though. 
okay. So okay, it was like an exclusive sense. type thing, which is why that show is exclusive to Spotify. Um, uh, but I was like, I, I was like, shit, honestly, I just wanted to try the idea out. I was like, I just want to use it because it's kind of like a radio show. I was like, let's just see how it goes. So I, we did 10 episodes and and uh, so that's what that is. It's a fun show. It basically just takes highlights from the regular interviews that I do for my podcast and just like puts them in the middle of a show and then plays songs. So um, I don't know. It hasn't been like honestly hasn't like been as not that, you know, views and listens are necessarily the barometer for success when a podcast it's yeah you, you got to make sure the show is good in general um but i'm still trying to figure out if that's even the right format because like people nowadays i feel like you either want to listen to music or a podcast it's like one or the other mm. i don't know if you want the mix anymore i don't know like you know. Mm. yeah that's interesting uh <laughs> there is something to be said about like sometimes you not like with your show it's different because you actually are having like original artists but like you have those podcasts that just put in like a lot of music yeah. and it's just like uh, no, i mean i don't i don't know i'm like trying to figure <laughs> it out isn't there a point we got away isn't there a reason we got away from radio so i'm like maybe i i don't know i'm like maybe whatever i wanted to try it out either way so i did the show yeah <laughs> no no it's really cool man uh well what how many episodes are you on i think you're at I oh think- so- so for Sorry, my what? regular show, my regular podcast, I'm at almost 130. I'm at, I got to record 129 today or tomorrow, but uh, Damn. yeah. So I just, uh, that, yeah. You know, the thing about podcasting, I'm sure, you know, you've done a lot of episodes. I was looking at your, your episode list and like, you know, it's just, it's just consistency and holding yourself accountable. Like mm. I, I don't by any stretch of the imagination say like my podcast is really successful, but like, you know, some weeks get more views than others. Some, and some episodes earlier on had a lot more views and, and plays. But the point is, like I said, accountability and just having another place to like for if you have fans for them to listen, like, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I uh, I think there's something to be said about, you know, like you said, that consistency, like having a um, like having a almost like a central hub. You can always rely on the David Lopez show to was every Wednesday. Uh, that's how, I'm not, how frequently I'm not go. great at. I, I try to do once. It's either once or twice a week, especially with the interviews. Once or twice a week. Okay. Um, but I, I'm definitely not great at having a set day. For a while, it was Wednesday or Thursday, and then like sometimes I just do a Tuesday. I don't. I, I don't. I mean, I like having that freedom, which is which is yeah, cool. yeah. But you're right. It um having the central hub was was really the idea. It was like because like honestly, it's like what I was saying to somebody recently, like, even if it's five people, if it's 10 people, if it's 20 people, if it's 50 people, hundred people, if they're expecting you to release another, if they're coming back to the place, expecting to hear what your perspective is, whether or not it's like a right or wrong answer, it's just your perspective. And they like that. Like you kind of are like response. I mean, I think there's a level of responsibility to like do your job, like, and just do it. Like, yeah. Yeah. To, you know, especially in the times of the pandemic, you know, you gotta be able to, be giving consistent uh content you know the people if that that's what that you want to, if that's what you want to do true true there is uh there is different uh you know and that's i guess that's kind of leads into my bigger point is like that's kind of the beauty of podcasting is like there are many different ways and venues you can do it you can do you know like a mini series or you know do once every month or however many times a year you can go every week or a couple times a week you can have you know this episode with this guy or you know the the series of this guy you know another show over here etc cetera, etc cetera. there's um the advent technology there's so much you can do oh no it's great like why that's why my show honestly a lot of i'm sure people could if you saw it and you just looked at like basically the concept for my show comes from joe rogan it's just like literally whatever you want for me it's just like the, my official podcast like I, my show turned into a sports show it wasn't even a sports show at the beginning it's just like evolved into that kind of and it's just like like you said you can do anything you want on on these kind of uh 
avenue. So I like it. I think podcasts, uh, it's, it's cool that they took off. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's really weird how it's coincided with everything with COVID too. Like how it's just. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's oh, you're right. You're right. It was uh, yeah, you're right. It definitely even boosted even more. Yeah. Uh, you mentioned sports. I've, I've noticed that in your episodes, they always got a, you, you always, um, you always make sure to mention what's going on and yeah. basketball is your big one, right? Or what you, yeah. you, you mentioned playing in high school. What was, what'd you do in high school? Yeah, I played in, I played high school. I played college as well. Division three, but still I played, uh, yeah, no, I, basketball was my whole life, man. It was my, it was my entire life sports in general. I've always loved sports and can talk about them for a long time. Um, but, uh, yeah, basketball was my whole life for really like 20, 21 years, or I guess, Damn. I guess I probably started when I was like four or five. So I what 18, 17 years or something like that. Um, but I was really like, just like very kind of like I am now with music. I was very just like one track minded. Like that was it. Like I, mm-hmm. that was my only focus with basketball and, uh, and I loved it. And, and, um, so then transitioning out of it, I kind of wanted to get away from sports. Like when I found music and art, I was like, really like, like, I, I that's why I told people, like, I was going to go into sports journalism, but like, I wanted to get away from sports because I was like, I think there was like something sour with like the way it was ending. I was just like, I don't, I don't even want to talk about sports. I want to talk about something more important, life and, and art and all mm. this shit. Um, and now I'm coming full circle and I'm like, well, I want to ha- talk about sports once, at least once or twice a week. So like it's, <laughs> it's back in my life. Yeah. It, it does offer a good distraction. I've never really been someone who's gotten super into um, sports. I was, when I was in high school, I was a cross country runner. That was my main thing. Okay. Um, yeah. But I would say basketball was like the the probably the second you know in terms of like how far I went it was probably the one that I went the second furthest in. Um, yeah. But in high school, I was my freshman year. I was a bench warmer the whole year, and I actually there was actually a time where I shot the basket in our in our own hoop, <laughs> you know, because that, that's how they tricked the the you know the. That's all right. That's all right. Did you ever like watching any sports? I mean, probably basketball is probably my favorite uh, in okay. terms of watching. I think there, I think, I don't know how you feel about football, but I think there's something kind of apish in football, honestly, like <laughs> just kind of running for like 10, 20 seconds, throwing a ball and then like pausing for two minutes. Like basketball is like consistent. Like there's athleticism combined with like having to be able to be accurate and like, you know, right. shoot oh, and, yeah. you know, have different, uh, you know, positions and layouts and all that. <laughs> that was the thing that I was terrible at remembering all the, remembering the plays. I always got fucking lost. I can never fucking do it, man. <laughs> Thank you too much. Now I feel you. I feel you. I think I feel like football is like the modern day gladiators, though. Those dudes are just wreck- wrecking each other for like yeah. for, for us to watch, just smashing each other's bones for us to enjoy. Uh, I always enjoyed a uh, hockey live. That's always a good one to watch live. Yeah, I've only seen like one sense. hockey game live, but you're right. That's intense. <laughs> it's a different breed of people, man. Sure, they're fucking for sure. insane out there. Oh, <laughs> Interface. Um. So I just listened to your last interview with uh, what was the guy's name? Rob Rob Reese. Yeah, yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Uh, you know, yeah, I like he's great. You know, talking about the podcast and the scope of podcast. You know, I there you can't get to everyone, but it was it was uh, really nice to listen back on that one. Uh, hey, yeah, thanks for listening. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. Like. Um, I've heard some of your stuff, but like not, not extensively. And like you said, like the world of pocket, like, I don't ever expect, that's the thing. Also, like, I don't expect people to listen to my whole episode. I'm just like, yeah, if you heard something, you got something from it. That's, I hope so. But it's like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's just like hours of me talking. I don't like, completely, <laughs> like yeah. 
<laughs> I get yeah. it. I get it. <laughs> but I appreciate you listening to that. <laughs> yeah, no, no. Uh the the short attention span of like most of the people on our planet. Um it's hard to <laughs> it's hard for everyone to like go into like the two, three hour spectacle. When you do the when I ever I put the YouTube uploads, they have like the average viewership and like I'm lucky if it gets like eight or nine minutes. Oh yeah, so, no, you're yeah, for sure. I feel and that's like, not that's not to say that the guests are poor, that the the show is poor. That's just how people are in general. Like they just people just can't focus on that thing for that long. Oh, it's hundred percent true. Yeah. I don't think, I mean, I, but I think people come back. Like I, I'll, I'll come back yeah, to it. You know? That's why I like that. YouTube saves where you're at. Mm, yeah, that is true. Uh, yeah. Podcasting technology is crazy. Um, I, I thought it was interesting how he um, edits because right. I'm actually in video production myself. Oh, for in, sure. Uh, Des Moines sure. Community College. Yeah. So um, was it he was he was editing the latest commercials for the Super Bowl and stuff like yep, that? I thought yep. that was tight. Yeah, he's been doing that stuff for a while. That his new music video that just came out, uh, he did a cra- some crazy editing on it, but it's doing pretty well too. Uh, so yeah, no, yeah, it's dude super successful. I had some, uh, I had a video editing uh, assistant video editor job for a couple years here, in Chicago, which really oh, helped. Oh, really? Yeah, I've I've had a because I mean I edit all my music videos too. So like, uh, or oh wow, I didn't know that. Damn, that's yeah. cool. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I guess I had pretty much everything in house. Um, uh, I mean, I would do, I, you know, I have worked with other people, but recently I edited them all. But anyways, what I was going to say is I got so much uh, organizational skills from, uh, from working with people <laughs> who really work with video stuff. And that's like a huge, mm. that's, that's important, man. Organizing all your files and shit. Like, <laughs> yes, that's true. I've discovered that myself. It's, uh, there's a, there's a day and age I feel like where you're just not really, that into it and you just kind of let things you know clutter up on your desktop you know you know name files and then you get yeah. to it like however many months later and it's just a shit show like you, you yeah, can't I don't let, that, let happen. that happen i don't let that yeah. happen yeah <laughs> you can't let that happen when you're, like especially when you're dealing with clients or your own shit right you know, it's uh but yeah i i really love the content that you do uh i love Thank the you, I, lo- I love the array of things i think i, I think it's uh i think you definitely have a you know wider range of like uh that's not the right term but a clientele in the way like people that come on the show like you you're definitely someone to look up to uh especially for especially for the little guys here in Des Moines (laughs) well I mean I appreciate you saying that it's very nice of you to say but I'm sure like you know in your own area because like where I'm you know since I'm based out of Chicago and Milwaukee area like I do know a fair amount of people who do podcasts and do their own but I'm sure by you you're not you're probably one of you know, only a hand, you know, I don't know about a handful, but not as many as, as you would have in other cities. So, I mean, yeah, it's really all about perspective, like in all these exactly. situations, you know, um, and just putting out a good product. But, uh, I mean, I appreciate you like, like if there's any tip I can give, like I said, it's consistency and just like holding yourself accountable. Cause at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you want to enjoy doing the show. Cause you're going to spend the time editing it. You're going to spend the time doing all that. So, you know, I don't know. That's, that's always what I say. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Well, that, that's, that's great, man. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad you're killing it. Um, I also noticed that you, you had a uh, OBS on recently. Yeah. That's yeah. My, yeah. That's my boy. He's cool as fuck. Yeah. That was a good talk too. We got into some uh, like deeper stuff that I didn't even know, you know, we were going to talk about, but like we actually had uh, some similar interests and stuff like that. No, he was a good dude. Yeah. It was good talk. Yeah. Um, yeah. Me and him have, um, ended up talking quite a bit since our last couple episodes and he's probably he's honestly probably one of the smartest individuals i know his perspective on everything going on from race religion and everything is just so 
it's it's just so taken it back and step back. He's really able to look at things in uh, you know open minded and wholesome way, and I really appreciate it. Yeah, that's what we saw. Pretty yeah, we agreed on a lot of actually like kind of religious uh, religious uh, figures that we talked about and, li- and listened to, which was a. Uh, Funny for me because I don't always, you know, I don't always, those are usually just podcasts I listen to just on the low, like whatever. I'm listening to my like uh, yeah. spiritual shit or whatever, but he agree, he listened to some of the stuff, stuff that I did too. And I agree with you. It's that like just zoomed out perspective that uh, I've uh, been going for myself as well. And I think he's tapped into that. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that you guys said that I really picked up on is like, there is an inordinate inordinate amount of people who are pastor kids who end up becoming because you're a pastor kid right and he is right. as well yeah no, for sure definitely something i noticed i don't i don't uh i mean no i think there's something to it um yeah uh it's a performance you know what i mean like i i guess i grew up seeing my mom perform in front of hundreds of people and shit i never thought about it that way until later but um i mean technically yeah it's it's her words that she wrote too so you know what i'm saying like I mean, obviously mixed with like the Bible and stuff, but like, um, you know, like, yeah, it's her own sermon. It's her own word. It's her own. It's like, my mom's also super like open-minded and like, uh, like she's like my number one fan as far as like rap goes. So like, you like, it's, it's kind of funny, um, when you think about it like that, but yeah, no, I think there's something hand in hand that goes in like with, cause he, he's also the same church's kid. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. There's also a musical element too. Every single week when you're going to yeah. church. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Um, I grew up Catholic actually. So um I was like involved in all like the um the you know the little choir stuff and like um you know did like stuff with the guitar. So yeah, there's definitely like there's something like in that culture that's just like attracts musicians. It's uh it's you know it's interesting. Do you uh, still rap at all? Do I rap? Cuz you said you did, right? You said you Yeah, did. yeah. Um I put out an album uh earlier last year Family Portrait. My uh, rap name is Mick Creighton. I got I got to listen to that. But are you still doing it? Because I know you mentioned like the performing hesitation. Uh, a little bit, a little bit. Um, so I'm putting out an EP here in a couple months. Okay. But um, yeah, I definitely <laughs> performing is always the thing. I, I feel like, you know, MF Doom, you know how he always yeah. like he would like have people like play him and like he didn't, didn't want to perform and all that. Like he's always like fucking shy. Like yeah. I feel like if I was a rapper, I'd act like that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I gotta break it to you. I gotta break it to you. If you put out rap music, you're a rapper. So yeah, right. right, right, rapper. right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, true, true. But I mean, uh, I guess a uh, podcaster slash rapper. <laughs> yeah, I mean that's. I mean you don't. Yeah, it's it's uh, but that's cool. I gotta check that out, man. Yeah. Um. It's you know it's I guess it's always just been on off thing for me because uh I tend to channel like a lot of very negative emotions when I do hip hop and it kind of gets it's get it gets to a point where it's like. That's kind of the persona that I put out and putting the energy into that kind of affects my, you know, my life, my daily activities. Like I find myself being more negative, the more I'm like involved in that. So podcasting has been kind of more like a positive avenue for me. I feel like that's like my main focus and prime right now, along with school and working yeah. and all that. Honestly, I can, I can really, uh, I can really feel what you're saying there. Like, I, I mean, I hear what you're saying, at least should I say like, uh, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when you dive into it like that, for sure, like, that's how I felt. Um, Like, I felt like a lot of the music I made, because I use music as a very therapeutic tool to me, like, writing was very therapeutic for me, it is very therapeutic for me, and that's just the way I started. And so, like, I felt like, especially me, because I kind of feel like I'm pretty positive and pretty bubbly, even though there was a couple of years there where I, I was probably more on the angry side, but still 
happy. The music that was coming out was like negative and, and sad. And like, and so like I, I was, yeah, maybe day to day a little more angry than I normally would be. Um, and yeah, no, I can really, I, I feel what you mean. Like for me, it actually was really important for me to figure out a way to channel like smiling and good energy into my music and like showing that in videos and stuff. Uh, just to show that side of me was actually like was a objective like a thought it had to be thought out to do um so i can really relate to what you're saying yeah no uh you know it's like it's like you know it's like negativity breeds negativity now it's just it uh, it goes hand in hand yeah uh, but yeah you know and this I think this is just me being an asshole. Like when I was in high school, people called me negative norm. Like there's something that's like almost like cheesy and like almost annoying about like some, like some forms of possible, like, like Disney movies. Yeah. Like I can't stand Disney movies, like the singing and all that. Like I like, I like Pixar shit, but I can't do the, there's just something about like that level of positivity that I find annoying. And that's just me being fucked up. I'm not saying that that's like, <laughs> Uh, I feel no, I get it though. I'm not saying it's like uh, no, there's an annoying level of bubbly that that happens. And and by the way, like I know for anybody listening, I know that I have crossed into that territory plenty of times in my life. So I have no problem uh acknowledging that. And I feel what you're like, I get it. Like I'm not necessarily that way, but yeah, like you see somebody who's like over the top happy, like what the fuck does this guy have so happy about? Can I smoke with some what what he's having? Yeah, for real. I mean, yeah, and that's part of it too. I'm high half the time, so. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hey, let me let me ask you that because yeah. I know I'm in Iowa and uh, 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 it's illegal here. But you know, my whole thing is like I don't do it on the show. I don't really give a shit about talking about. It. I mean, everybody that knows me is it's pretty obvious. Uh, how is it like in Chicago now? It's legalized. I've heard it's like the prices are exorbitant. Yeah, I mean, I don't. I've never bought. Oh no, I have. I bought a um, a pack of. Uh, Oh, why do I keep thinking? Why do I keep thinking in Chicago? No, but that's cool. No, but I mean, I was there when it legalized, and I, like I said, I'm there all the time. So, like, and I, you know what I mean? That's still where I, uh, yeah, get my shit. Uh, but, <laughs> um, yeah, I don't know. I'm good. The dispensers are so fucking expensive. It's ridiculous. I mean, I just think there's a level of it's cool that it's legal recreationally just because, like, there's no thought about it, I think, for the most part. I mean, yeah. obviously, not supposed to smoke and drive and stuff, but like, and you're not really supposed to like walk up and down the street and smoke, but people do. And it's not that big of a deal. Uh, yeah. I, yeah, that's what I love. I just love the free open nature of uh, hopefully where we're all going to get soon. Cause that's how it should be. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, and in my mind, it just seems like the obvious, uh, the obvious answer. Uh, when did you first start smoking? Like, uh, like well, what's your story behind that? First time I ever smoked weed, I was uh, 12 years old. I think yeah, 11 or 12. Um, but like, I, and then, so like, there was a couple of times, you know, like, so when we were younger, we, you know, we just did a handful of times randomly. And then, uh, cause I was always the youngest hanging out with a couple, you know, all my friends were like a year or two older than me. Um, and then I stopped like smoking regularly. I would just randomly smoke at like a party or whatever, pretty much throughout high school because, uh, basketball, like I was like fully dedicated to basketball and, um, actually I got a call from a friend who was playing basketball, who told me, I told this story before on a podcast, but he just called me. Basically, he just called me and he was like, Hey, they're going to start drug testing at school. You got to stop smoking. I rolled up, a, I finished rolling a blunt, uh, smoked it and then just stopped smoking, just stopped for like most of high school, except for random parties. Um, and then like, um, towards the end of my college, like when I was, uh, so junior year, 
I started smoking again. And pretty much since then, I just been smoking. Uh, I was like 20 years old. Like the past 10 years, I've just been smoking almost every single day, pretty much. Like, yeah, that's tight, man. Uh, I, <laughs> I don't know yes, about yes. tight. <laughs> 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 yeah i guess there there is like the dependency huh and you know and that's kind of like where um i found myself in the last couple of years like not even really being necessarily on board with like a lot of the jesus christ my fucking ears uh be on board with all like the, the entire thing with the marijuana legalization is like there's like an extent like when you have like what is it the moon rocks where it's like the weed yeah. and the dabs and the keef like there, there's no there's a level where it's like just this ridiculous amount like you have one hit and you want to get you know go sleep yeah but that's why i think it's important to have it legal because there's just much more knowledge out there so if you're gonna try that shit like when you go yeah. there you have people who are telling you exactly everything and so i just think like yeah that level of uh i mean you should know what you're getting and like it makes everything you know long term i mean like you know the the argument for me is like oh they're now all the white people are fucking making money off weed after they've been getting everybody in trouble for it for so long but i mean and that is a problem, but people are still buying from the black market. If they can figure out a way to get some dispensaries that are minority owned, then I, I will be really on board. Um, that's kind of my, that's been my biggest thing about it all. We need minority owned dispensaries and we need a lot of them. That's, that's my big thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, diversity in any market is definitely a important yeah. thing for sure. Um, well, shoot. I love weed. <laughs> <laughs> smoke weed every day no you know i i, I you know as i say the whole dependency thing i think you know people obs going back to obs i think you guys both talked about this the the war on mug song that you did yeah. um you know with any drug you gotta think about it you know you gotta think about it rationally you gotta you know really think about how it affects people um you know some people can handle pot and some people can't uh, yeah, I, I, know, I, I, I agree with you. And some people, yeah, like you said, like he says, coffee and all that stuff. I just don't think it's the right argument. I guess what I'd be saying, because like, first of all, it's definitely not, you know, the schedule that it was as far as drugs go. It's not that harmful, and we know that. No, but no. the conversation should, it, like, the fact that we're saying whether or not people can legally smoke that to me isn't the right. That's if you can smoke a cigarette or if you can drink a beer, it's the like you should. You can do the same harm to yourself doing that way. I'm not saying that you can't harm yourself with weed and that it's not the negative and wrong thing for some people, but so are cigarettes and so is alcohol. I just don't think the, it just doesn't, it doesn't logically make sense. Yeah. No. Uh, making something illegal always uh, yeah. increases the, uh, the harmful nature of it. Yeah. I kind of, I, I kind of feel that. I mean, you know, the real question is like, what do you do with all drugs? And I'm sure you've heard this conversation from other people. It's like, what, what do you do? And I, I don't know. I like the conversation. I think it's an interesting conversation. Like, I don't know if you could pull it off in America, but we've seen at small scale that legalization of all drugs, like has, has some benefits. Like, mm. Yeah. Yeah. There is something to be said about like, like, you know, like taking, taking that away. I guess I, I, I wonder about like the the speed of it because they I think they just did it in Portland right they just decriminalized everything pretty much. I think like, you're right, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about how that's going or what's going. I guess I just wonder, like, if such a quick move is like necessarily the best. Like, is that something they can maybe like work their way towards? Well, it would. Ha I, yeah, I would imagine it have to be because I mean, I imagine what happens then is you take a lot of the money that goes into criminalizing and, and putting people in jails, and you put it towards rehabs, and then you put it towards. Mm -hmm. You have to have centers where people who want to take drugs can take clean drugs. You have to have that. You just have to. I think. Mm, um, yeah, safe spaces. Yeah. Well, it's like uh, it's like with heroin. Like if somebody's ODing on heroin, it's actually really easy to stop that if somebody's there. Like they just give them a shot and they're they're fine. Yeah. 
you know, that it, ultimately it's better to keep those people safe. Well, that's the point, right? Aren't we trying to keep everybody safe rather than just hide them? You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like put the hide the problem away. No, I mean, yeah. So, I mean, it just depends what we're doing. Are we putting a Band-Aid on or are we trying to fix it? Yes. Yes, exactly. Exactly. That's something we all need to be thinking about. Um, Dave, David, I think uh, we're hitting about an hour. I think it might be a good time to wrap it up here. Yeah, whatever you want, man. <laughs> um, but, hey, uh, this has been a good time. Uh, do you have anything you want to tell everyone before we log off here? Uh, I mean, first of all, thank you for having me on the podcast. I might have to uh, have to return the favor and have you on my show to do a Hell swap yeah. time. Um, so yeah, that'd be cool. So, I, you know, for sure. Um, I guess the one highlighter um, announcement I'd say is I'm dropping music pretty much every week of 2021. Well, oh, wow. for a lot of it, maybe not the whole year, um, but I got a lot of shit planned. Um, so just go to thedavidlopez.com slash music and that's where you'll find it all. Awesome. Hey, uh, check this guy's music out. Check out his podcast, The David Lopez Show, Passion yeah. Park Entertainment, everything going on with that. Uh, it's been a real treat. It's been a real honor. Like I said, first person outside of this um, Iowa idiots out yeah. walking around. I'm proud. I'm proud of <laughs> The proud. The proud idiots walking out. <laughs> walking <around. laughs> All right, man. Hey, uh, uh, stay on really quick. We'll just chat a little bit after this. Okay. Is. Sounds good. All right. Have a good night, everybody. See you. Thank you, everybody, for listening to today's episode with David Lopez. Uh, really interesting conversation. Uh, it was really cool to interview somebody outside of Iowa, um, someone who has interviewed people like Obs, Benny the Jet, um, has a very good vibe, very positive energy, and I think everyone should uh, try to emulate him a little bit. Um, stay tuned. Next week, we're going to have Jake Tremper on. We're changing up a little bit. We're having a comedian on the show. Uh, he's actually from Cedar Rapids. And, um, I mean, he's gained a lot of his fame through the internet. Um, I, But he labels himself as a comedian. So I guess I'm kind of curious to see what that's all about. Um, otherwise, hope you all enjoyed the episode. Hope you all are chilling tonight, having a good time, smoking a joint, having a beer, whatever you're all about. All right. Peace out, everyone.